1: This is a football podcast, I promise, guys.
0: When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Les différents podcasts de frappe.
1: Arsenal have been through their mile and a half of pipe like Andy Dufresne in the Shawshank Redemption where you have to see the light at the end of the tunnel. El podcast de golpe diferente. But
0: Arsenal are going through their pipe, like I say. We'll be back. The different
1: knock podcast.
0: Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. Essay. Welcome back to the I didn't care about it anyway podcast with Alexander Moneypenny and my it. Oh no. Welcome back to the I didn't care about it anyway. Po- <laughs> just, let's just try that's this That's the intro Sorry now. That's it. Let's just. I keep, just, let's I keep just... forgetting the lighthearted <laughs> bit. We've got to tell them the brand. Welcome back to the I didn't care about it anyway podcast. A light-hearted look at Arsenal with Alexander Moneypenny and my very good friend. There we go. Brantley Shapples. I think was hey. the suggestion we were sending. Hello guys. How are you, Alex? I'm alright. I've just come back from the chiropractor. Oh, what's wrong with that? That sounds like the start of a, a bad joke from the same. It really does. It? <laughs> the, that's gonna end in some sort of sexism or homophobia. Yeah. <laughs> homophobia. Like it's gonna be bad. The receptionist was an Irish woman, and she <laughs> um <clears throat> Yeah, no, I um, I've, I I've been having some it's called uh, what was it called? Oh, a disequilibrium, which is like dizziness. Um, and I had I had to have a I had to have my bones aligned because I'm all out of whack, mate. Oh. Um, but the, chiropr- the chiropractor was a little bit like um, small television personality Richard Madeley in the in the UK. If you know who Richard Madeley is, uh, who is the definition of Alan Partridge. He was talking about meditation, like he just discovered it. He was like. So I wake up in the morning and I go on YouTube and I find this guy and he's doing these breathing exercises. It's brilliant. I really would recommend it. <laughs> like, surely you've heard of meditation. But anyway, um, so that's why we're recording. So apologies for, to you, no, Bradley. No worries, mate.
1: I got I got you are you are the thing that lights up my Fridays when we play on a Thursday night. So I'm happy to wait.
0: What about your Sundays when we play on a Saturday? Huh?
1: Huh? Huh? Uh, mate, nothing beats a roast dinner. Actually, that's a that's a lie. A lot of things beat a roast dinner.
0: Wait, why are we talking about roast dinners? I was I was asking for another compliment because it's a Sunday. Because it was a Sunday, and I was paring off your feeble fishing attempts for another compliment. (laughs) You were just riffing. That's fair enough. Um, What's what's what constitutes a good a constitute? Can you tell we're we're trying to not talk about the football? Yeah. Um, what, (laughs) What constitutes a good roast? A good you. roast,
1: uh, crispy on the outside but fluffy on the inside. Potatoes. Um, yeah. I'm. Uh, I love honey glazed parsnips and carrots. They're classic. Um, stuffing's always a must. And do you know what? Because my uh, my girlfriend's a vegetarian, we we get a lot of these like different Linda McCartney joints. If we if we have a Sunday roast, just the two of us, and some of them are so good. So like
0: a nut roast.
1: Yeah, but like it's, it's some, there's this one that, that's meant to, I think, imitate like beef or lamb, and it's got like a cherry glaze that comes with it. And honestly, mate, it's so good, good stuff.
0: Yeah, I, uh, Gail Moneypenny pulls out the parsnip stars, and they're my, that there's always, you've got to have like one sort of, one twist per roast. So if yours is the, is the veg, mine's the, 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 what was it, the vegan Linda McCartney's. Yeah. Mine's the parsnip stars. Gail Moneypenny didn't pull them out this Christmas and I was fuming. That there was it. no parsnip Heart stars. Heartbroken. I was like, what what is this we're going to the dogs here in the Moneypenny household. It's a it's a mess. <laughs> Absolute mess. <laughs> Did you any, did you right. make anything for your Christmas dinner? I'm going to keep us off the football for as long as possible. I'm <laughs> also, I just depressed. mentioned a mess, and did you hear the link? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you saw it. it I saw eyes. it coming, and that's why I jumped yeah. in there. <laughs> quicker <laughs> than fucking anything. <laughs> this podcast is just going to be about me, and, <clears throat> me and Brad's favorite food. Um, uh, what, what was your question? Sorry, did you make anything for your Christmas? Oh, dinner? Yeah. Um I didn't. No, uh, what my task is on Christmas is to entertain my. Uh, granddad and his wife and their son who um are tough <laughs> to talk to. Tough crowd. <laughs> tough crowd. Um I was cracking some ace an A star level banter, um and just just getting nothing <laughs> back from the crowd. Absolutely nothing. The sort of banter that you know you find on this Girl. podcast. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. So maybe that's it's why class, they weren't responding. It's class. Um but yeah, uh, that's, my, that's my task. It's, it's, oh, and to do the mold wine. I do the mold wine and the uh, mold cider. And I'll, I'm going to give you the link this time. Uh, speaking of giving a lot and giving nothing in
1: return, what about that performance <laughs> last night, Alex?
0: <laughs> Very good. You can tell he's hosting Ooh. the previews now. Unbelievable. He's got the hosting down. Christ um, almighty. Well, actually, yes. Before we do before we do that, uh, as much as that was an amazing link, I do have a couple of things to say. Firstly, we've just, uh, at the top of the pod, this is when everyone's listening, so or maybe they've turned off after our shit banter. Um, uh, Stephen, I think his name is Brookhausen. Unfortunately, we've never actually spoken, so I don't know his surname, but I think it's Stephen Brookhausen. Um, he is uh, writing for us, doing some fantastic yeah. um, articles. It's so all about the history of Arsenal at the moment. He's obviously, you know, he's he's looking to do all, all types of stuff. But he's done one on Herbert Chapman. Uh, did one on um, top uh, ten signings that we've ever made. Top ten made. signings. Yeah. Some really good uh, writing over on thedifferentdoc.com. dot com. So please go and check that out. He's uh, going to be writing regularly for us. Also, uh, at Octoguna said that he would be rating our word of the games. Okay, so. What <sighs> did he say? He gave us a rating for last time. I can't. Uh, he not, said not I be won because like, I had. Yeah, alright What did? What was it? What was it? I can't even remember my bloody words of the game. Here we go. Word of the game battle: tenacity beats grit. I think I was grit because of you because were. of granite. Good pun, but no cigar. BA won one A M nil. So you're one nil up. So, Octagon, if you're listening, uh, we'd appreciate our uh, our ratings for for, for for to carry on because I, I do yeah. I do like this word of the game battle. I think I've got a decent one today. I am I'm, I'm quite confident. We'll see. We'll see. We'll go first then, Brad. Go on, have yours first. <laughs> uh, my word of the game is self-inflicted, and that's, that's not one word. Surely it not. is. Let's look that it's up.
1: Self-inflicted is a single word. Self. Surely it's a hyphenated word. I'm not going to lose this on, it's on a hyphen A word. You've yes. done me. You've done me.
0: Done you. Um, and I got an A in English literature a level, just saying. Got an A. I got an A in geography as well. Just we get it. You're intelligent. On to the football. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that
1: wasn't the point, but oh, for the you know. Got it again. I got the compliment. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Validation. Um, last night left me with a couple of questions. And the main one is. And it, I don't know why this popped into my head, but it, it just kept doing it. And it's why are we always the architects of our own downfall? Last night doesn't need to happen. They scored two goals, both of which came from nothing from us. You know, a slip from Martinelli and then a brilliant ball from Trent and then having an unfit right back. Um And then uh, I think it is a bit poor from Ramsdale positioning-wise and and reaction-wise, but he's also a bit unsighted because of the two sliding in defenders. And off the pitch as well, I I popped onto um, Tiki Taka-Connor's live space last night. And the main thing that we were chatting about on there is the fact that we are 21 days into this window and we still haven't sorted a single deal out. And we've sent three players out now, I can understand the Balogun loan and... Four, oh, um, I think.
0: Murray, Balligan,
1: and... Yeah, maitland four, I forgot about him. But it's the, it's the maitland Niles one. So did Arsenal. And <laughs> I, I just, I, I, it genuinely begs belief that we... Ha- it seems like at the moment that we don't have a plan B. And if we are just looking to bring in a central midfielder for six months on loan and then buy one in the summer, for me... I don't think it's massively important who that guy is. As in like, I don't think it is imperative to get your top target. I think if you're talking about striker and you're talking about bringing in your permanent transfer, this window, I could understand holding out for as long as you can until you you switch focus. But this whole result is self-inflicted. We didn't have a central midfielder in there. So we played Emil Smith-Rowe and Erdegaard as what seemed like two eights. Uh, and I'm really not a fan of Erdegaard in the midfield, even though I thought we had a, a, a decent game last night. I just think that we are at the moment a double pivot team. Uh, we had to play an unfit Emil Smith-Rowe because you can see in some of the sloppy passing and, and, and his kind of running and, and body language, he's not up to match standard. The same with Tomiyasu. Didn't if have a we training just, session. Yeah, if we had just gotten somebody in, a body in that area in, this result could be a lot different. And it's for me unacceptable that we haven't. And I was I was thinking about this and I went on our wee little kind of transfer marked who scored just to see like all of the dealings that we've done over under this kind of regime. And the one thing that always sticks out to me at the moment is why does every set of negotiations that Arsenal seem to do take forever? You know, Ben White, we knew about our interest in Ben White for weeks, and then it still took a while after the end of the Euros. The same happened with Ramsdale. The summer before, we let party go up until the final day of the season. Um. Arsenal fans were tracking where Gabriel was via clouds because the deal was taking so long and we wanted an update. There seems to be a real big problem in in this administration with taking far, far too long with, with negotiations. And whilst I think for people like Ben White, who was obviously our top choice centre-back, you can understand it, but... For somebody that you're bringing in for a six month loan to bolster the squad options, I just, I really struggle to see the logic in in wasting so much time that now we've had to bring on Thomas Party for this game, who landed in the UK but a few hours before the game and is now unavailable for Burnley because if you watch the way he played it, he was fucking knackered. He's just stepped off the plane from Ecuador, <laughs> and I. Uh, I just feel like Arsenal at the moment are far too reactive. We are far too reactive with transfer dealings. We are far too reactive with substitutions. And we're far too reactive with tactical changes in game sometimes. We're waiting for things to happen before we make our own moves. And that isn't something for me that's good. We have to be proactive. (laughs) If we sign Vlahovic now and Arthur Mello now... It's not that it means nothing, but it means very, a lot less compared to if we'd have just got it done a week ago, or at least one of them done a week ago. You know, there are players to be had in this window. Uh, Denis Zachariah is apparently available for 5 million euros. And we need squad options because we're not exactly graced in the centre of midfield. There's there's a lot of deals to be done. And whilst they may not be our top targets for who we want that double pivot or that lone pivot to be moving forward, the fact that we have got nothing through the door does just baffle me, which is why this whole result for me is just self-inflicted.
0: Uh, I don't agree with some of what you say. I, I think... I don't because I think I understand what you're what you're saying. I just don't think those are the most significant factors. My word of the game is time because I don't think our, our team has had the time to gel. I don't think it's had the time. It's not. It's not our time yet in in terms of to 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 be challenging for trophies, to be in those sorts of finals over a Liverpool. You know, even without money and Salah, I don't think it's our time. You know. At the moment, in terms of where where the team is and in terms of its development, I just don't think we're ready. And I think to be getting to semi-finals of 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 competitions like this is important and significant, and is about where we should be in terms of in terms of where we are, in terms of the transfer and and also in the game. The reason I don't see the kind of self inflicted side as the, as the most important factor is because I think Liverpool are better than us. That's it. Like, and and that's that's how I feel about it. And and I think you know when you have. When you have someone like Trent who can deliver balls in the way he does, there's only so much you can do because these guys only play for Liverpool because of where they are in their in their project. Jota only plays for Liverpool because of where they are in their project. We can attract these types of guys in two, three years' time when the likes of Martinelli, who, by the way, nearly sp- f- spun Van Dijk last night and would have got an unbelievable goal if Fabinho hadn't made an unbelievable tackle... We can see, and I think the the big thing that I felt in the game was that we're at the level, the the, the technical and tactical level, is is there or thereabouts. Not quite there, but there or thereabouts. It's, it's the edge. It's the having that player who can pull out that moment for you, like a Trent. It's having the the, the match winners like a uh, Amani and Salah, who they didn't have last night, but a match winner like Jota. That's that's the 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 difference in the place we are in our process. That Liverpool are just further on, and so that's why I don't find myself feeling like the self inflicted part. Although I can understand the argument is the main factor, and then in terms of the market, look, I I understand those frustrations. I do, and if it were up to me, I wish we'd got things done way sooner. But if you give me a choice between getting the right deal later on in the window, and I think you're right to point out the pattern of us tending to do things later on in windows, which is why I still hold out hope that in the last, what is it, eight, nine days that we're going to do something. I think we do tend to do things later. But actually, if you give me a choice between getting the right deal done later on in a window or getting the wrong deal done quickly to get a body in, I'd rather have the right person. I'd rather have the right person in to get that done. Because to me, it just, you know, to bring in a Dennis Zachariah just because, you know, is he the right guy? If it's causing us problems in it, for example, if if we come to the end of the end of the season and we don't get top four because we didn't bring in a striker in, in January, I'll be pissed. And I think that'll be a huge oversight and I and I would agree with you there. But in terms of this game, this Carabao Cup, should we have got the wrong guy in to win to get us to a Carabao Cup final? I, I don't see it that way. I just don't. So I think I, I, I understand frustrations around the window, but I think Arsenal fans and football fans in general are very quick to point to the market when things are going wrong on the pitch and actually last night there were things that are in our control and are out of our control that went wrong on the pitch that affected the result because if we're in the final we're not talking about needing something in the market i think the market is a very quick out it's an outball basically it's a very quick out thing to to whenever things go wrong it's well things are going wrong on the pitch let's look at the market and actually yeah look Vlahovic would have finished that, like chance last night. Let, let's be clear. So the market would help. But I think there's also times when we have to consider what's going on on the pitch and ask more and consider where we're at and consider where the project's at. And And that's why I just see it the way I do. I, and I, listen, I agree with
1: you. I think Vlahovic at the end of the day is the kind of signing that you wait for, unless you're going to go out there and get maybe a Dominic Calvert-Lewin or someone else of that standard. Although I do think Vlahovic is a level above it's the central midfield for me because look, I, I said in the preview, I'm not really bothered about this cup. I'm really not. There is there is literal evidence that I've said this. I think it's important to be playing in the, in these semi-finals uh, because you know you get used to them. But silverware was not a must for Arsenal this season. We've won a cup uh, 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 more recently than United, than Liverpool, than Spurs. Well, I think quite a few teams have won a cup more recently than Spurs, but. We move. Um, it's it's always time ab- for a Spurs <laughs> take. It's more about where the 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 that where certain moments of the game leave us, and it's the party incident. We're now left with party unavailable for our next game, which could be Burnley. You know, there is talk that it could be called off because they're postponing games left, right, and centre at the moment, and not bringing in a central midfielder before this game is a massive oversight because it's now left us in the lurch for our next game because Party's come on and gotten sent off and we're now without Party and Xhaka and it's looking like if we do some, bring somebody in it'll be that person and Laconga and if we don't get them in by I believe it's today actually at midday because of the way that the weekend fixtures work We've got 29 minutes, Brad. Come on, give them time. You know, <laughs> we we if if the game goes ahead against Burnley, it'll be laconga Erdegaard in the midfield again. And, and Burnley is a very physical game. And neither of those players strike me as physical battlers who can dominate the, that centre of midfield at the moment. You know, laconga could grow into that. And we will also then have to play another game with Smithrow who isn't 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 particularly fit. So I, I understand and I agree with Vlahovic. I think at the end of the day, of course he would score those moments that Lacazette um, missed, but that's not what the gripe is for me. It's more that we've kind of shot ourselves in the foot again by not bringing in someone else to just cover that space or just not keeping Maitland-Niles to just cover that space So we don't have to bring on our £45 million central midfielder when he stepped off of a plane two hours ago for him to get sent off. It's just frustrating for me. And especially when it's a six-month loan. At the end of the day, you know, I said about buying Zachariah. I'm sure that there are other options in the market to loan a central midfielder for six months. I don't think that Arthur is the only option. And when there is such a steady partnership, no matter what the kind of detractors are of it, of Xhaka and Party, that third option isn't always going to play. So why is it so vital that we get Arthur Mello, our top target? Let's just go out and get someone in. And then get who you want in the summer because this this next six months isn't we're not going to get top four because of this central midfield signing, no matter who it is, we're not. The thing that will get us top four is bringing in a centre forward, which is why I understand waiting for it. But not a lot hinges on us bringing in a central midfielder. We already have a couple of decent ones. What we need is cover and bodies in that midfield.
0: But you could you would argue though that say you wait say you had to wait two games to get the right person in who made a significant impact in the s- in the second half of the season you would then retrospectively pray say say last window with with uh, sorry last january window with Martin Odegaard say the same situation occurred right so we bring in we needed a central attacking midfielder this was the position we were talking about for we bought we had to bring on you know Amari Hutchinson at cam last night right say that happened and we brought in Martin Odegaard Two days' time, we would all be going. Well, if we had to wait to bring in Martin Erdegaard, I think it's fine that we had to go out of the Carabao Cup because it's not the end of the world. That mm-hmm. that's my opinion. I, I I just think I think it's all nice, and, and I agree what you're saying about bodies. I I do agree, and I think the Maitland Niles thing really baffles me. I don't get that because just send him out on loan later. I, I I don't get it. If they want him, they want him. Um, but yeah, the 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 bodies thing I do get. But in terms of the quality the idea that we should just get someone in I don't that's the issue isn't it you I, I think you you have a body and then you have the the person who's in the body playing the football and the person who's in the body playing the football I believe really does matter and it was oh, really important and and, in, and it's important in terms of you know who you bring into the group in terms of their their personality and all that sort of stuff look we're clearly active in the market We're there's you know a goalkeeper that we will talk about in news and views from um, America. There's clearly interest in Artemello. You know Fabri- Fabrizio Romano talking about um, face-to-face meetings with Edu. But if you're giving me a choice between having those bodies available last night and getting the right person in, as much as I understand the frustrations with the bodies, I'm, I'm wanting I'm wanting to get the right person in. I, I really am. And especially when you know we're not expecting Xhaka to get that red card. We're not expecting Partey to get that. Well, maybe we are with Xhaka. We're not expecting Partey to get that red card so there is there is a certain amount that is not outside of the executives and the people making the decisions control but but i do think there is there is a certain amount they can't control and of course and listen the the party red card as well is is for me a ridiculous
1: decision the first challenge isn't a yellow card you know And the fact that Canate on a yellow card goes through the back of Enketia and doesn't get sent off and Fabinho also commits two cynical fouls and doesn't get carded is an issue for me. I don't think parties should have been sent off, but this is what I mean by we are the architects of our own downfall. We have created this situation by not getting our business done sooner or by not being smart enough to keep a body where now either... Against Burnley on Sunday, or against Wolves on the tenth of February, we will be without our starting two central midfielders.
0: But but you, I I, I understand. Yes, that's not wrong. But we, you know, what could what can we do? What not literally
1: have a body in there so we don't have to play Thomas Party literally hours after he's gotten back from Afcon. That is poor. That is poor business management.
0: But if you're trying to get the person, the right person in, this is this is the issue. It's about getting the right person in. If they want this person... Then don't they, send
1: Maitland-Niles out on loan, because yeah, the two uh, are, the the two are interlinked. Say. If you don't send Maitland-Niles out on loan, there is no need to get this business done as quick as you need to get it done. But they made the decision to move Maitland-Niles in out on loan, so they have to get somebody in to replace that body. You know, if they hadn't made that decision, I'd totally agree with you. But they did make the decision to move somebody out, so they have they had to get someone in. They didn't do it, and now we're left. We've left ourselves in this situation.
0: I, I understand, and the Maitland-Niles thing is, I think I, I completely agree with you. I think is just is mental to me. But from the position we're in now, and it's not to be like, well, that happened. It's like, no, no, that happened like two weeks ago. Like, why have we done that? But if, you know, from from now, like looking at last night. Uh, it doesn't feel like the biggest and most significant factor to me. That's that's all I can say. It feels like us not being as good as Liverpool is is the point. Um, I don't think Liverpool were as good as Liverpool last night though. So let's we can chat but about they're that still, now. But they're still better than us. Um, I thought the lineup was quite revealing in many ways. Um, no Leno. Apparently, um, I have the back issue,
1: but I'm going to call
0: bullshit I mean, on that pretty
1: quickly. Come
0: on. Come on, that's that's an how Arsene many, Wenger. How many back issues are Arsenal players going to have, bro? That's an Arsenal Wenger. Um, a very attacking lineup. Um, yeah, no, you know, I appreciate you know no sort of um, uh, that that bench being very young is not really something in control. But but it's it's nice to see. For example, it, 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 the the reason I'm mentioning sort of revealing is there's a, there's a Biereth rather than a Hutchinson um and a obviously coming back um wanting to be involved significantly um, and it's you know and 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 it shows the kind of desperation that may you know maybe the thing we were talking about earlier in the decision making that we had to bring someone back in straight away who just landed and has played you know three games in something like 6 7 days for for Ghana um and is you know it's not look he clearly wasn't in a place to play and similar with Tommy you know I thought I thought bringing all those players back in shows that we wanted to win this. Um, Smith Rowe didn't have a training session. I just, I just think, it, it, you know, what stops us, for example, playing a, a youngster in the way that Liverpool did? It's because we want to win the game. And of course we want to, you know, everyone wants to win the game, it's football. But like, I mean, you know, go for it and, and really stake a claim in this. And this is clearly something that mattered to Arteta. Otherwise he wouldn't have risked Smith Rowe. He probably wouldn't have risked Tomiyasu. He wouldn't, he wouldn't have put Ramsdale in. Uh, was wouldn't did play, party. It, You know, he, he put Ramsdale. I think I think in the first leg, but he clearly, yeah, wouldn't risk party. It's clearly an important match. Um, so yeah, I just I just that found it quite revealing, as a, you know, when you look beyond the sort of the names, you start to see narratives uh, forming, mm. and 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 uh, the Sambi Lokonga thing. When we've seen him not working as a single pivot. And seeing Erdegaard in the central midfield not quite working before, I'm always open to things working, but I think there is there is a safety I first. I think anyone approach. is Alex. Yeah, oh yeah, but <laughs> no, but as in like you know, I'm I'm open yeah. to trying, trying things that things haven't worked to get it to like yeah,
1: no, I know. Yeah,
0: I'm, you know, I'm not saying, for example, you know, if we played, I don't know, a Smith Smithrow at false nine again, I'm not going to kick off because maybe there's a there's a reason behind it, and I think it could work, you know, long term. Mm. But I think there's a there's a thing with Sambi in the in, in the single pivot that I just felt throughout the game caused there's an issue. He's not got the physicality, he's not got the agility particularly. He's a very, very tidy technical player and he combines really well in small spaces. But I just in that selection, I just felt and and you know, however it was going to shake out, whether it was going to be a sort of single pivot and Erdegaard tends to float, you know, and sort of drift from the double pivot into the into the forward lines. Sambi was going to be left with a lot of space to cover, and I always feel that that is that is not ideal. And maybe maybe it's a numbers thing, but just purely looking at at that, I don't think sticking. There's got to be an alternative solution, surely, to having Sambi as a single pivot. I just don't think it works.
1: Yeah, but I think this is this is this again. All harps back to what we've already discussed: is is bodies and having a players available. You know, but you I, could, but, but other than Eardergard, my head.
0: Off the top who, of my head, there is, holding a center, holding a center back, and White in the midfield. What's the, what, what's what's wrong with that? Um, or even a double pivot of of Samby and Patino. At least it's another body in there. Like I, yeah, I just don't. Yeah, I don't But get again,
1: it. I think I think Patino gives you neither neither of them are the profile that you that you that you would need next to a, a sambi Laconga. And also, I think listen, all this talk of Ben White in the midfield is all well and good. He's played how many games there and you want to stick him up? We we can't rattle on that Liverpool are this absolute behemoth and monolith of a team. And we're going to stick a player who's played, what, maybe five games in his career in central midfield? But he has the technical and physical attributes. But that, uh, uh, so uh, does... Trent has the technical and physical attributes. But if you stuck him in midfield last night, he'd probably be run ragged. Because when a player is so used to seeing the whole game in front of him... Sticking him somewhere, the central midfield for me is probably the most difficult position to play because you have to know exactly what's going on in front of you and behind you. It's, it's ridiculous. And sticking somebody in there against Liverpool, who whilst they weren't at full strength last night and didn't play particularly brilliantly, still have those moments of incision. I, I think that is way more of a risk than sticking Sambi in as the lone six. I think this all dwells from the fact that we didn't have
0: another central midfielder body. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, you know, having a think about the solutions, I'm, um, I'm, I'm coming up short. I, I, th- I'd like to see White. I just, I just, it, 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 what, looking at that mid- midfield and seeing Martin Erdegaard and Samuel Conger and knowing, you know, and look, the first, I think it's like the first couple of minutes, Martin Erdegaard makes three great challenges and you think, okay, maybe this is going to work. But as the game shakes out, you just see that that single pivot is, is, it's just not it. And it's not, it's not where we're at. And I think, Maybe there was a bit of overambition from Mikel there. Maybe there was a bit of, you know, and and you know, all of it. Yes, I think links he's caught back between to a the, rock and a hard place. I don't
1: blame Mikel I, I for but, for those decisions. I, I think that when you're left in that situation where you where you have one recognised central midfielder available, the the logical kind of decision is to play them as a lone pivot, two people in front of them, and and kind of hope that the people around can can pick up the extra work. I don't think mm. it was a bonkers decision. But what I think was bonkers is we were left to have to make that decision. And, you know, we can... We, I think, obviously, party uh, party coming on was the best we could have hoped for. But that obviously didn't turn out well, seeing as he's probably bloody jet-lagged. It... Uh, this again I think this just all ties into the fact that so many of these situations are so self-inflicted yeah because and they, we're, they're all linked. We're, we're letting we're letting our squad players go out on loan and then it's I didn't I don't think Mari should have gone out on loan because what other options do we have at center back we've got chambers who has played one game in the last however many at right back for 60 minutes performed well and we've got holding you know, and other than that, if we have a COVID outbreak and, you know, the FA are talking about changing these rules um, for the postponement of games, we could be left high and dry. And it's it's decisions like this that just make me doubt the way that we're being run genuinely. Arsenal are either run impeccably like the summer where we went six for six signings wise, or like we don't know our own ass from our elbow. It, it seems that there is no just normal middle ground.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I, it, I, there could be something coming down the road. The Mari thing hadn't, I hadn't clocked that until now. I just I thought we had four centre backs and we should be fine. But yeah, COVID outbreak and we're 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 stuck. So we'll see. Um, hey, the atmosphere was good. Yeah, proud of the fans. Like, they they did. I like the I like the light show. It's pretty, Right, Okay, um, what's this thing, Brad? Maybe you can explain it to me with the cut socks with the what the the hole cut in the back of people's socks I ain't got no clue you know when when people are taking corners saka has got a hole in both of the back of his socks erdegaard's got it i don't get it can someone explain it to me i mean i'm i'm you know i play five a side once a week so i'm not a particularly experienced football football player but i i don't get it is it for calf space they're not particularly massive players I, anyway I don't I don't get it. Um yeah, look, we were sat nice and high, started really well. Um, we were pressing well. Lacazette hit the bar and it was actually a really good save from the free kick. Um I noticed actually in our in our initial setup, every second ball was dropping for us really nicely, which was great. Certainly Man City do that they're, they're so well positioned that basically they've got they've got someone in every position. So the ball is likely to drop for them. Um and we were doing that really, really well. Um holding a shape really nicely. I thought Trent versus Martinelli might have been one to watch uh, early doors and those uh, because those balls out from Ramsdale were just gorgeous. I mean, you know, and and Martinelli appeared to have a bit of a spin on on Trent and obviously that uh, kind of shaked out slightly different. Um, Matip, I, I was interested that they took Matip off at half time. Um, he looked like the pressing trigger to me. Um, he had a lot of balls spread out of play, spread into different positions that we would definitely not the place he was aiming at. He's not the most talented um, ball playing defender. He's a good defender, but he's just not I don't think he's great on the ball when he's pressured, especially um on the wrong foot. So yeah, I thought there were some encouraging signs, mm. early doors. Um and, you know, Martin Erdegaard, I thought was running the show for us offensively at times. He is he's absolutely everywhere. And when we're in the ascendancy, when we have the ball, when we're being given some space and time when the other team aren't aren't able to find rhythm and aren't able to sort of get themselves going. I think Erdegaard really comes into his own. Everyone is constantly looking for him. Everyone is constantly giving him the ball. If you watch the game, he feels like the fulcrum of our team, especially when Partey isn't there. He feels like the the man in the midfield. Um, And then I think when he goes missing, when he isn't able to cover all that space, which he isn't, that's why players like Sambi um, get get exposed and I think there's a balance to be found in our midfield and I don't know what it is I don't know whether it's a single pivot with a a different player coming in and two eights whether it's two double pivots with a different partner for Partey and an Erdogan in front of them I don't know what it is but I think looking at the two sort of components that we have already we have Erdogan and Partey. Partey progresses well plays forward he's physical he's not quite Biting in the tackle like an Ndidi or something, so we're, we're, we're missing that. Erdegaard's getting better on his defensive game. He covers a lot of space and ground, and he's lovely in the in the tight spaces. But again, he, we we lack a bit of sort of physical presence. But also, I uh, you know, I I uh, would I sacrifice physical presence for technicality? Probably not. So. I, I don't know. There's something missing in our midfield that I just that always feels apparent to me, and and you know our midfield is well, becoming the sort of the, the the fulcrum of this podcast. But but it is.
1: We've, we've been we've been we we were asking we were saying that we needed a, a central midfielder in the summer. We've been saying yeah. like I don't think this is new news that there is something missing in our in our dynamics. What, what that, do you what do you think it part. is?
0: What would you want in it in and not necessarily? Don't give me a name or a. Or a position necessarily. What do you think we lack? Is it physicality? I think, no, I, think, I, think we need a,
1: I think we need an all-action midfielder because of the style of play that we need. We need somebody like an Ndidi <laughs> who can make tackles, who can screen a defense and do all of those things. But probably to uh to like 70% of what Ndidi can do, but then also bring the passing game. Because so much of how Arsenal play is to do with the ball, we're going to have the ball against, if you, if you look at the fact that against what 80% of the league, Arsenal are probably going to really dominate the ball. So we're, if we are buying somebody who is going to come in and be our first choice, they have to be good with the ball at their feet, preferably both feet as well, because You know, if we are moving on from Xhaka, that's great. But having a left footer in that central midfield is always great. So you can spray kind of balls down those channels. So somebody who's good with both feet, I'm not really bothered if they can carry the ball or not. Because I think we've got a lot of ball carriers. We've got ball carriers, yeah. But somebody who technically, almost like Santi Cazorla, can pass with both feet, but has some defensive abilities about them. So and all we want Brad, hard is, to learn, is everything is everything is, it's, we want it's, everything <laughs> we wanna we wanna we want uh, i wouldn't say a box to box midfielder but somebody op- that operates from just in front of of that back four up until the just before that front four
0: that and can get that and can get a goal as well. And can score even from a distance th- and arrive late. I don't late think we and- <laughs> need
1: that. We just need somebody in those zones who can actually pass the ball, but also put a challenge in, and not a challenge that looks like something from a Bruce Lee movie.
0: Yeah, it's it's a tall order. I don't know who that, and I also don't know whether that becomes it becomes a a different pivot than Partey. Maybe we get we we move on from Partey at some point and get a different. I don't know. I honestly don't. know He's how not it getting looks, any younger, looks, but. That is true. None of us are, Brad. Uh, the goal. Yeah, look, mm. Tommy Asu's not fit. That's... No. Tommy Assu's not fit. Smith-Rowe's not fit. And it's such a... It's. It was, it was one of those groaning ones to concede because you're like, oh, for God's it's sake. Lit- like, it's it's, it's literally a, trickled past Ramsdale as well. It's not particularly difficult. Him. It's... And look, Tomiyasu is is still a world class defender. He's amazing one on one, but he just got spun, and that happens. Virgil got spun mm. by twenty year old Martinelli. It happens. Like you know, you can't, you're not going to tackle every single person who gets there. No. I wonder whether we get that. What should we call that midfielder? That Rolls Royce. That Rolls Royce. Whether whether Mister Royce would have got back in those spaces and and put in a last ditch tackle in the same way Fabinho does. Um, you know whether we have someone in those spaces because it's, it's left up to Ben White and Gabriel who are backtracking but um yeah i it was it was such a shame and and then i think from there i think the confidence just kind of went out of the team um martinelli was the only real sort of highlight for me um in that but we just we went through a period where liverpool basically just had the ball there wasn't a lot we could do they sort of took the sting out of the game there was no real penetration, we lost the second balls, we were starting to lose more duels, Trent was getting a bit more influ- influential. Can we just take a moment to say, I've never seen a footballer like Trent in my life. I've never seen a player with that set of skills who is that. And it's, I was thinking about this on the way to the uh, to the chiropractor, Brad. Um, that's another start of a 70s shit joke. Um, there is no one I think I've ever seen who not only delivers balls with that quality but delivers balls with that quality at that consistency beckham could yeah. do it beckham could deliver balls like that but it wasn't consistent every soft, often he would kick him out a player it wouldn't it wouldn't get past the first man or whatever trent every single ball he puts in is dangerous is it could be connected with there's a there's a, it's in the corridor it's 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 on someone's head it's it's decent and his central I, I, centrality as well is, is starting to become just a complete weapon. I wouldn't agree, but I would
1: agree. And, and bear with me Great. on this. I don't think <laughs> it's the fact that it's... I think it's, it's, it's the different types of, of passes as well. One thing you notice with Beckham or De Bruyne, they have one basic type of pass in one pocket that they play the most dangerous thing that Trent has is he's so versatile with the types of passes he plays every you, you, if, if you spend any time watching the crosses that he does, there's such a difference to each one. He can whip them. He can dink them in like there's, there's, that is, that is the dangerous part Mm. because it creates unpredictability. Yep. And a nervousness in a back four. Um, and I think whilst there's there's you know you've got a player like De Borno who can whip in his type of ball very consistently 100 at the time. Once that type of ball's worked out, what are you going to do? Well, Trent will just send different different types of crosses in. Like I, I genuinely, I, I I he's probably going to be in his own way the best right back that's that's ever been because I think that there are there are definitely going to have been better right backs. In in other avenues, because I really don't think he's sound defensively. He is definitely he's better than people say, but it is a part of his game. Yeah, but the the attacking output and what you get as a plus massively dwarfs the the minimal down down kind of the downness. I don't know, can't think of the word but the the detractions of his game especially when you've got somebody like van dijk next to him or kanate cuz van dijk plays on the left you know you
0: i genuinely he's he's sensational mate he's unbelievable yep he's a top player and he speaks really well as well uh it's a great ball over the top at the start of the second half from Laconga. um it snatches oh. We need a top striker, but we knew that. Cade Gordon should score. Lacazette as well, wait. Lacazette as well is picking up the ball at right wing
1: back at points. This is why I I was on, again, little... It could be instruction. It could be instruction. Little little shout out to my shameless self. I was on Tiki Taka Connors spaces last night. If any of you are new and from there, welcome. Hello. Um, The reason that Saka and Martinelli really had no joy in that second half is because there is no one in that central zone pinning any of the centre-backs. So any time Saka's got the ball, it's automatically a two-on-one or a three-on-one against him because there is no one to offload the ball to in the centre. There's no dangerous threat that somebody else has to think of. We, The fact that we don't have a centre-forward that actually poses a threat when he's in those zones... Is one of the major reasons we struggle as an attacking outfit because our our creative players and our players that have been doing the best things for us just get doubled up on or tripled up on. And there's nothing that they can do. And it's so frustrating.
0: Yeah, I I, I don't disagree. I I wonder whether it was instruction, but again, I, I think it's still the, the same result. Um Kay Gordon should score. Uh Jota's again causing his issues. I think he scored something like 17 Five and, and seven. six yeah, against but us it, or it, something there's another stat where he scored like 17 in 17 for against like London right so there's some there's some kind of unbelievable stat about him playing against us um Kanata hit the post should have scored um there were some nice moments in sort of the middle of the second half nothing really penetrative we were kind of containing them okay some nice combination play but it was a little bit too far from goal um Martinelli though he didn't have anyone in the middle he was getting some joy he had a shot tipped over by um Quivine Quivine Kelleher Calmhin Chalvin anyone who's Irish I apologize I think it's Quivine um and then the j- Jota second it was hmm. clearly onside and I and, and to be honest it got to a point where I, I I don't mind it we were we were pushing forward we were trying to get a winner and there was some space, and they exploited it because they that's what they do. And and it, it, yeah. you know, I think Rat could Rams. will be a little bit quicker off his line, maybe. But but again, it's like I think what happens in these situations is Arsenal. Arsenal fans, we view, we see the game. We go to our channels that we enjoy, whether it's you know the different knock or the different knock or um like another one like the different knock, and you you look at the people that you enjoy basically. And they go, oh Arsenal, and they really hyper focus on Arsenal, and then it becomes that either when we go forward, if we score a good goal, that was amazing from Lacazette, or amazing from this player. Oh my god, what well, how great combination play! And if we concede a goal, it was that was shit from this defender. It's like, well, actually, what about the other side? Maybe it was just an incredible ball mm. from Trent. Maybe it was a bit a poor oh, bit of brilliant. defending. Like the you know the mm. Southampton goal that we scored, great team goal, but also I think it's Stevens, some of oh, the worst defending, defending I've ever seen. Horrendous. So like, we have to accept that. We aren't the only protagonists, as much as Emery would like us to be, or didn't want us to be, would have liked us to be. Uh, we, there are the other people in this game, and it was just a great yeah. ball, great take, great finish, and that's 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 the that's the thing, and that's why I come back to what I said is that's where we are. That's it's where we are. Um, two more things I want to discuss really quickly: is your boy having a dip? <laughs> and if you don't know who Brad's boy is, it's Aaron Ramster. No.
1: I think that... Go
0: on, it pains you. It pains you. It, it, listen, it's,
1: <laughs> two, it's two poor performances against Liverpool in the last two, 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 kind of two legs. And I think it is, it's, a, it's a mixture of things. It's the overall of the occasion. And the one thing that I harp back to, and I, um, Andy said this in, in the pre-match preview... That 2018 Champions League final you saw that Liverpool team looking dejected at the Champions League trophy. Losses in semi-finals and losses in semi-finals build character and build you towards your end goals. They 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 give you hunger and they give you things. And you have to get used to those big moments. Playing in a semi... This is probably the first time that Aaron Ramsdale's played in a semi-final. It's the first time that Ben White's played in a semi-final. It's the first time that Tommy Asu's played in a, fi- a semi-final. Like, that, first time it's a, a in big... It's, cup, Tommy yeah, Asu. it's a big occasion. And these players have to get used to it. And I think his nerves probably got the better of him. And he was probably a bit too eager to make an impact. And that's why the first goal is positioning. He's a bit jittery and then he's not solid enough to get down quick enough. You know, I think he's had two poor games and a lot of good ones. I wouldn't yet call this a dip, but this is a really good chance for us to see what he's made of and how he bounces back from this.
0: Yeah, 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 maybe it's an experience thing. I don't know. I, I don't doubt. Mistake mentality or ability to learn from his mistakes, so it doesn't bother me particularly. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a kind of Mustafi esque like oh he will just never learn, get rid of him type of thing. He will learn, but um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, it's, it's it's worth it's worth an ask. I mean, his distribution wasn't great at times last night. Um, although some of the balls out to Martelli were lovely, there was also some some dodgy. He's kicking it long a little bit more than expected. But again, it's it's against Liverpool, and if you look. you know, Liverpool are unbeaten in their last thirty nine away games across all competitions when leading at half time, uh, with their last defeat coming in May twenty eighteen. And we've now gone eight hours and thirty five minutes of play since we last scored a goal against Liverpool in all competitions. They are a fantastic side, you know, so mm-hmm. so fair enough. And you know, if it's just if it's just that then it's just that. Um I was gonna talk about the disciplinary issues, but let's save that for news and views. So anything else on the let's game? Do it. Um, I think it's
1: important to note that both of their goals came from nothing. So what do you expect these players to do? It's, it's, it's moments of brilliance from Tredent and Jota for the second. And it's an unfit right back against Jota for the first. Yeah. We're not being outplayed. It's not, we're not being outplayed. In in certain ways, we're not being outplayed. In other ways, we are. It's important to note those things and, and how much kind of progress that brings us. And while this is disappointing, there's at least something that we can learn from this and grow from this. Because like you say, we're nowhere near their level. And whilst Liverpool were nowhere near their own level last night, they still had enough
0: ruthlessness to just dispatch us. And it's a shame but we've just got to move on got to move on take three points game of two halves 90 minutes in total any other cliches if you don't score you hardly ever win yep if you don't shoot you can't score we'll see you (laughs) after this News and views. Welcome back to News and Views, where we give you all the news and all your views, but mostly ours. Just a quick reminder that if you do enjoy these podcasts, please subscribe, turn on notifications, leave us a review on Spotify and Apple. And please support us on Patreon, where you get access to ad-free versions of the main podcast and the preview podcast, the new podcast that Brad's doing, for just £3 a month. And for one-time support, head to buymeacoffee.com, where you can buy me a coffee. Anything you can give, monthly or one-off, helps the podcast. The links are in the show description. Uh, Chukmawanka, which I presume is Chukwemaka from Aston Villa, but Spoonerized, which is very good, says, White better than Gabriel. White and Tommy Asio arguably the worst on the pitch. I mean, I, d- I, I,
1: I... I don't no. think White was that bad. White wasn't. Uh, there is one thing with White. It's, I'm very confident with the ball at his feet. But there is something about his defending that sometimes I'm a bit, oh, I'm a bit shaky. You know, like yeah. the, uh, the moment where Jota's out on on that flank and he's chasing him down and Jota does him. There's there's a few moments now where I've gone,
0: oh, that's making me nervous. But a handsome Ben
1: White. Yeah, I'd t- I'd say pretty. He's
0: quite pretty, isn't he? Like he's preened. I think if I swung that way, that would be my that would be my type. Would it? I think so. I think it's sort of a pretty boy. I think that'll be my, uh, just my projection of myself because I'm gorgeous, aren't I, Brad? Third compliment of the the podcast.
1: You are stunning.
0: Yes. Come on. Um, This is a football podcast, I promise, guys. Yeah. (laughs) Even though we talked about roast dinners and, no, we spent most of it. Uh, At Flex Offender 96, your mate GB says, please beat these cheating scouse cunts. Yeah,
1: I'm sorry. I tweeted this out last night. It absolutely boils my piss that people were going on about how Arsenal can now um, uh, put out a full full lineup. Literally the same day that The Athletic came out with the news that the person that runs
0: the lab with all these tests going on is Kenny Dalglish's daughter. Yeah, that was going to be my first item in News and Views, The Athletic article. So look, I'll be honest, I haven't had the brain space or time or inclination to read it over the last few days, but there is something going on. There's something going on.
1: They've cheated. They had tests that all came back as negative. They ordered another round of tests that they didn't need. Funny enough, those tests were the ones that were faulty with the false positives and were tested at a lab that fucking... Like, what, what are we doing here? How? Where is the media outrage? Like, this is, this is, like, I don't get it. I really don't get it. It's so,
0: it stinks. It stinks to high heaven. It really does. I don't feel qualified to have an opinion. However, you seem upset. So I support you, Brad. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Another red last night. 14 in the time that Arteta's been here compared to the next worst, which is Brighton with eight. We've got to start talking about this at some point. What's going on? I that was like a sort of me talking. To, I, I nanny two children. That was me like me talking to them. We've got to start talking about this. You've got to stop what's this. Going on? What's going on? Come on. <laughs> um,
1: it's difficult, isn't it? Because I think some of these red cards have just been absolute mind-boggling stupidness from players, and you can't blame that on a manager or on a system. Because what's he going to do if? granite Xhaka decides to choke slam someone.
0: Can I can I put a, a, a theorem making up on the spot forward? Yes. I think when you don't know what you're doing, but you really care and want to win, you end up doing stupid shit. And I think yeah. like in life, like if I if I if I re if I really want to abseil, like really want to abseil, but just got no clue what I'm doing, I'm gonna end up hurting myself. I think that's mm-hmm. what's happening a little bit. I think I think some of these players are being stretched beyond their capabilities, like a and and like Party last night. Party shouldn't was have beyond played. His capabilities, he was yeah. definitely beyond his
1: capabilities. He's n- he wasn't fit and ready. But we were left in a situation where we had to play him. He's sluggish, and whilst I think the decision to send him off was ridiculous, it it happened. So I think that's I just, that's, that's that's look the fault of the manager. Sl- there's been the, some and the, awful, and the management team.
0: Yeah, no, uh, yeah, and there's been some awful decisions as well, let's be clear. Like oh, truly God, yeah. bad. Truly David Luiz against Wolves. Yeah. And you know, the, the Gabriel one, like, you know, just, yeah. just some some absolutely Horrendous. Decision. Yeah. But but we have to look at it. We have to go. You know, come on. Do you know what I've just realised? I was looking for ZRAFC. AFC. You know that guy who does the all the um, not accommodating. What's the word? Um, aggregating. He's been banned. Or well, he's gone. Oh, that guy with the blue picture. ZR AFC. Well, well, fuck. RIP. He was a real one. Because um, I was trying to find it. Because I was trying to talk about the Abamang bits. Um, supposedly there's been a bid from a Saudi club to take him on loan with an option to buy or is it maybe an obligation obligation, um, for 8, obligation to Euros. buy sorry um, interest from AC Milan and various other European clubs uh, apparently his heart's fine I think just it's time it's time for it it's, it's, to, to quote the late great legend Claude it's time to go um, yeah if we if we can get him out I think you only get... I think
1: what we'll be telling is we won't let him go unless we've got someone else coming in. And I think that will be the main kind of... If we see an Yang say, go on loan today to this Saudi club, I think that's a big indication that someone is coming in. Surely, because Uh, that frees up wages as well. Frees up wages, but it, it, it... it frees up the space as well, and it also because if you're listen, if we're not getting somebody in playing Lacazette and having a Bam yang off the bench for the last fifteen minutes till the end of the season is probably as best as we're going to get.
0: Hmm. But
1: if we're getting someone in, sending him out on loan, and and I, it is time. It is time, and it's a real shame. Um, Can you imagine? I don't think the there's any way back.
0: Can you imagine? Oh, may
1: it be sensational be sensational can I don't think it's going to happen but it'd be it'd be unbelievable it'd be like another Meza M- 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 Ozil-esque day actually no Especially no nah, nothing I will beat that, that day nothing
0: will beat that day but yeah I, I we've got to do something in that position I mean we can we get through the rest of the season with can we get top four with Lacazette and Eddie Nketiah and because if we can that is akin to Arsene Wenger keeping Champions League with Frimpong uh, Shamak like do you know what I mean like <laughs> like Ridiculous fair play to Arteta, fair play to Arteta. Um, yeah. Look, good luck to Aubameyang. We'll do a proper sort of shakedown of his career when he's gone. But, but yeah, I think I think it's time. It's time to go. Um, two more things. Loan rules have changed. FIFA announces radical new loan plans that will limit six, uh, clubs to six loan exits per season. Clubs will to six players loaned out starting from the 2024-25 20, season. I think it goes eight next season, seven and then six in the 24 25 season. Uh, club-trained players or players aged 21 or younger are exempt from the rules, which I really like. But to me, that is a great rule change. For, for, and I'm all, all immediately thinking of clubs like Chelsea who just stockpile players, loan them out, make a bit of money, Um, yeah, what do you think about those loan rules? I I really like that. I don't think it'll make much of a difference to Arsenal. Uh but
1: Yeah, I mean I it's just like I, I, I genuinely don't have an opinion on it. Fair enough. Fair.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough to admit you don't have an opinion. Like I just I like I like it for clubs like Chelsea to not to not be stockpiling. Players, yeah, because it is, I think it, it will makes it, help it unfair. Players' on... careers, it will make
1: players' careers.
0: Yeah, and and it's As in like on clubs it will make their careers
1: that. better. Certain players. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 for sure. Final thing: we have supposedly put in a five million pound bid for Matt Turner of mm. the what's he is he the New England Patriots? New England Revolution. No, that That's is a is. New England Revolution. Yes, potentially paving the way for Burn Leno to leave. From everything I've seen, I mean, what's really difficult... I've watched him. uh, You know, 15 minutes on YouTube is not scouting. Looks, Reflexes look really good. Shot stopping looks really good. It's difficult to tell in terms of the level because obviously he's playing in a completely different league. uh, How good the level is, I don't know. What I would say is his mentality looks... Fucking great. He looks like someone people look to. He looks like someone who is a leader. He looks like someone who bounces back from mistakes very quickly, and that that you can tell mm-hmm. from a video. there's was the thing about Ramsdale when Arteta um, watched what he what he did after um, conceding goals to as part of his scouting, and I think that is something he's clearly looked at with this guy as well. He clearly he looks like he's a real a communicator and a talker. And look, who knows? He could be another Runison. But ultimately, if we get in a keeper who's willing to play back up who's willing to come in and know he's pushing Ramsdale for his place that is a a very valuable thing in football to have a number two who's willing to do that and willing to and come one in who's and play the right age yeah and play exactly and and still can improve as a goalkeeper you know twenty sevens no you're not particularly old there as a goalkeeper um and play FA cups and play Carabao cups especially when we're out of them if he' if he's willing to come um and push Ramsdale. because leno i i I don't see the kind of Fiery personality that's ever going to shake Ramsdale at all, no. and Ramsdale, I'm not saying could get complacent because I don't think he's that sort of person, but I do think there's a comfortability maybe that he could, he could um, start to develop as number one. And you don't, you, you, you in any walk of life, you you don't want to get well in in a, no, that's not true. In a competitive environment, you don't want to get comfortable because it just pushes you away from your best, and that's not yeah. we need that. So it's good squad building to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, you know it makes a lot of sense. Um, one th- good, you know, one good thing that uh, will come out of this is again, it's it's another reset button on the on the wage bill. Leno's on about hundred grand a week. If we bring this guy in on maybe 30, 30, 40, you know, you're talking about sixty k a week being saved. It's it's another club reset, and yeah, I mean, I don't think
0: the deal would be too expensive either. No. Do you think we'll then go out and sign maybe a Belgian midfielder called Derav Deravna Rav, De and sign a Brazilian striker called Moses and just try and copy Pep even more? We've <laughs> got, another, we got a, a backup US goalkeeper like right there, Zach Stefan. Hey, if it works, it works. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Brad, we've just got time for a little bit of Arsenal trivia. Arsenal beat Liverpool 2-0 away on the 2nd of September 2012 but who were the goal scorers that was your question last week Brad do you have any idea
1: Andre R. Chavin and Eduardo
0: you've gone way I back in know. time there I any other guesses I'll give you two more um, 2012 we just signed them we just signed them who the fuck fa- oh no it wasn't oh, in that in that summer uh Van Persie had left the summer before no Van Persie Van Persie had left and we'd sign them
1: I uh, genuinely it's, it's lost my brain it's not Alex
0: surely we didn't sign Alexis that early that's like no, no, 2014 no, that like 20, 2015. 2015 it was Santi Cazorla and Lucas Podolski. Uh, oh podolski
1: fucking hell Podolski's a throwback
0: what a throwback is that am I am I making that up is that the summer we sold Van Persie and signed them? Or did we do... Or did we, sell, we sold Van Persie before the 12-13 season. We sold him in 2012. So I think yes. I'm right in saying that. That we you, signed... You that be. we... Hang on, 11-12. That,
1: that sale. Fuck Robin Van Persie. Yes, Percy.
0: because the 2011 one was the, was the the shopping spree. We sold Fabregas and Nasri in 2011 and Clichy to Man City. I can't believe that. And then in twelve thirteen, we signed. Hang on, transfer. Yeah, twelve thirteen, we signed Santi, Lucas, Olivier, Nacho, and Sold van Persie. Yeah, and Alex Song. There we go. You asked me for a theme of the final season at Highbury. So, who were the three players? A midfielder, a striker, and a winger. We signed in the January of two thousand and six. Our last final season at Highbury who were, uh, for next week, the three players, a midfielder, a striker and a winger, we signed in the January of 2006. There we go. Bradley. Pleasure as always.
1: Uh, always, even after You seem after a bit contemplative,
0: Brad. Are you alright?
1: Yeah, it's just... it's It was just a bit disappointing, really. What, in
0: not getting and Podolski?
1: Nah, in... Uh, in, in 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 the result I feel bad for the boys I feel like they deserved it especially when uh, the cheating bastards have managed to get away with it
0: yeah but I don't care about the Carabao Cup so as I said I think in our last one it is directly related to how far you what get happens. whether you yeah. care about the Carabao Cup or not I
1: don't care about the FA Cup we're not yeah, in I don't X-Men don't X-Men. Care. it doesn't matter. I don't care
0: about the league as well if we, if we if we don't get top four I don't care by the way so I don't care I actually don't care about Arsenal at all As you can tell from 130 episodes of me talking about it for now. Episode 130 of me not caring about Arsenal. Uh, Right, Brad, it's a pleasure as always. Always. Thanks as always for listening. Keep it Different Knock, and we will see you later. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and BuyMeACoffee.com, find us on Twitter at DiffNock, and visit our website, thedifferentknock.com. Thanks. Podcast Network.